Seattle Wave Radio, your Seattle, your scene. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com, And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. If you're a fan of talent showcase TV shows like I am, you probably watch Lion's Ambition represent Seattle on America's Got Talent. This crew of seven made new fans all around the world, and they're touring nationally, and they have a brand-new single out, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about their experience on America's Got Talent, if it's good or bad, and, and how that's helped them, and what they're doing now, more importantly. They're, they're writing their own music. They have a fantastic single that's out right now, and I'm just really thrilled to have um, four of the crew of seven on today. I have Frankie, Marlon, Richard, and Dustin representing Lions Ambition. So thank you guys for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, um, Frankie, do you kind of want to take us back to the beginning and, and, and tell me how you th- this crew was formed and how long you guys have actually been together? Yeah, um, as far as the, the band Lions Ambition, it, it's about three years old now. Um, but we've been, but we've actually known each other for a lot of years. We've, a lot of us have been friends, you know, all the way back into, into childhood. Um, we've kind of had our own different music projects. Um, you know, Dustin has his own music. Um, our keyboard player Sam Rich had his own band. Uh, me and me and Marlon had our own group together. So essentially, it was just you know a lot of a lot of friends making music, um, and we got together and just you know kind of collaborated efforts and started making some solid songs. And you know the and then the chemistry is always good. We've always been really good friends. And then, you know, like, why not? Let's just try a project, make a band, something a little bit different, try a different type of sound. And um, it's it all natural. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's amazing that, you know, that seven guys can stick together and, you know, and remain friends through this. Because seven women probably would, probably would have killed each other by now. Don't send me any letters because there probably are seven women who've sent, who can stick together. But, but uh, in my experience, <laughs> most of the time not. So um, <laughs> how did it start out that you wanted to audition for America's Got Talent? What kind of led you down that avenue at, at first? Well, um, at first we were just trying to find another way to kind of get our music out um, to a little exposure. We tried radio. We tried different things. And, um, you know, we just, you know, the whole reality TV thing hit. So we sent in an audition tape. Um, actually, we went down to audition one year in Portland, um, and, you know, things didn't go the way that we thought. Um, a year later, they gave us a call, and they wanted us to send a new tape, so I sent a new tape over, and they really liked it, so they flew the band out to New York. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. We really just kind of dove in head first, didn't really know, um, you know, kind of what we were getting into. We were just trying to find different avenues to go get our music out. Mm-hmm. Now, we're... Was Marlon and Richard and Dustin, were they? Were you guys all a part of that group that went to New York? Yes, yes we were. Yes, yes, and it was a good, fun time, great trip. I mean, great experience overall to get that kind of chauffeur service where they fly you out there and they have you in the waiting room and they got cameras going around getting back footage of it and gives you that 
real, okay, we're close to making it feel, and you know, got all yeah. the emotions up and jarred. <laughs> yeah, we kind of had that feeling. Yeah, you know, like, I, I, I wanted to ask you about that, Marlon, because when you've had that, that taste of, of the limelight, is it is it hard to go back into normal, you know, life once you've kind of had that spotlight on you? Yeah, you know, the day job is just never the same. <laughs> you, go and, you live that experience, you're like, okay, almost there. You tell your mom and everything. And, you know, you just, in all your life, you kind of just gear yourself. Like, this, it's a lifelong goal. You want to make it to that top threshold. And so you're used to just striving for it throughout the course of your life. So you kind of get used to your normal work, in a sense. It just becomes a part of it, but... After experiencing something like that, anytime you go right back to, I guess, the normalities of life, I'm like, oh, man, not ramen again. So It's one of those uh, things where it kind of reminded me of one of uh, Marlon's verses uh, when uh, we had a song called Dreams, and, and he mentioned, you know, once you can't, you, you know, you can't have corned beef once you tried steak, and, and that kind of metaphor kind of, kind of, um, is reflected to how we felt in the whole experience of of New York because you know once we tried once we once we tasted that kind of scene just for a second it's almost like we 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 had a, a reignited hunger to keep on striving to do better music and and uh, reach out to uh, a lot more people way way more than how we had it uh, before we had the opportunity for New York. Does it does it make you then because you know that that type of success is achievable, and so you've been able to see through the the glass mirror, so to speak, and know that that really exists. So does that fuel you and just make you want to keep going? Does it make you want to work harder, or was it discouraging at all? Uh, I me personally, I, I think uh, on, you know probably on behalf of the band, I think we all felt a little bit more. Um, um, fueled to to make like I said like you know make better music and and um, and kind of strive for you know not only that kind of lifestyle but the opportunity to actually reach people uh, through our music and be able to relate to them through our music and and it's it's that kind of um, thing that kind of drives us to to do better not not only in music but for us in our lives personally as well so. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Richard, how did, how did they treat you guys when when you went out there? Did they treat you like movie stars, or did they treat you like a bunch of cattle? Um, to be honest, with you, they, they, they treated us really well. I mean, like, I mean, Frank Frank can um, ex- explain it way better than I can. But I think uh, we we had a great uh, we had a great experience from hotel to to uh, down to the whole um, actual show. Uh, they they treated us with a you know a lot of respect and 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 you know directed us very. Um, very, very well. So, I, I, to me, overall, I felt like it was a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dustin, I, would I, you, I definitely agree. Yeah. Would, would, Dustin, would you um, recommend this to other artists to, to try this avenue? It's one of those things where I feel like uh, people should, should be able to, you know, kind of, you take every opportunity you get and, 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 uh, with with that kind and with that with that being said, I think that you know any artist who who wants to you know touch people's lives and on on a on a national uh, basis or or even a, a global type of uh, um, audience should be able to kind of take advantage of that uh, venue or venture. Mm-hmm. I I 100% agree with that. 
Um, Marlon, didn't when you guys, we, we talked a little bit about when you guys came back to Seattle. And you guys are very well known in, in the Seattle area and up and down for sure, the, the Pacific Northwest. You guys talked about, Frankie talked about going to Portland and, and auditioning there. Oh, yeah. Um, Seattle, you, you, you guys are a, a kind of, you have a, a hip-hop, but, but, you know, I, I don't want to limit it just to hip-hop because you're kind of way even more than that. I mean, you're very versatile. <laughs> um, but th- th- there's really been a spotlight on Seattle music, and let's let's just throw it out there, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. When you see them kind of have that success, did you guys know them at all? Um, did you Were you running in the same circles? I mean, we weren't in the same circle, as I say, but we've done a show with, like, Macklemore, like, years and years and years ago. So, I mean, I think that guy deserves all his Grammys. It, and it, it's a good testament, especially being out here in the Northwest, that really it's just, it's all about the people. You know, when we look at that success, we see that's a success of, of working and grinding. Because we remember doing shows in them, like, way back when, you know, and it's just like, okay, that seeing that just made it even more like, okay, time to work harder. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's really inspiring. I mean, it would be maybe like a Tuesday night at Chop Suey uh, with like 15 rappers on the bill and everybody bringing in maybe 10 people, seven people. And he was one of the guys, you know, always a really cool guy. Um, he lived down the street, so I'd see him at the gym or I'd see him at the mall. And, you know, I, you know after all, like, you know, all the success, I always stayed humble and, um, it's testament to the whole crew and in their work ethic. So I think it's one thing to do is just build the really, you know, give you that, give you that notion that you really don't need a big company. You don't really, unfortunately, don't need a show like America's Got Talent. If you really have like the actual ambition and drive to go, you know, create your own fans and um, create your own music in your own lane, uh, the people will follow, and that's where how you can be successful. And um, I think at the end of the day, you know, we we, we all do music to get a message out. Um, and and I feel like, you know, the best way to get your message out is from on your own terms. So I definitely see what you did as inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, you know, it it, it does. It goes back to just showing just working hard. And, you know, it it, it does pay off at some point. It, it, you know, it's it's different for everybody kind of when that lightning strikes. But but I, I really do believe if, if you work hard that, you know, it, it will happen. You know, the world is kind of unjust. You know, some people it happens faster than other people for whatever reason, and there's no necessarily no rhyme or reason why. But but I do believe if you hang in there and work hard enough, it it, it will strike. So let's talk about this fantastic new um, single that you guys have out and the 5252 project that you are a huge part of. Um, London Tone Music, which is the record label for London Bridge Studios, which is an iconic studio here in Seattle, uh, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, um, uh, Allison Chains, uh, just about everybody who's anyone, Belinda Carlisle, Mary Lambert, has all gone through there. And you guys uh, recorded this album, or the, this single there, Ambition, and you you co-wrote it, and you were picked out. And, and for those who don't know, the 5252 Project, what uh, London Tone Music is doing is they are having artists from all over the world submit singles to them, and then they are choosing 52 artists, and they're doing uh, every single week for 52 weeks a new artist, a new single. And Lion's Ambition was one of the first ones out of the gate that were chosen. So 
um, congratulations to you guys on that because uh, London Bridge Studios, is, as you guys know, is just a, a fantastic institution in Seattle. So why don't you tell us about how you came to, to submit to that and then about this song and, um, and uh, where you're kind of going to take it from here. Who wants to take that one? Um, I don't mind if anyone it. Um, what I was going to say is that we basically, we, we were in a transition going to different studios. Um, we went and submitted some music to London Bridge. Um, it was really awesome with Donovan. Uh, he's a fantastic producer, engineer. He really brought out the best of us. And um, that helped us really polish the song. So we came to the studio. We had, we had a basic idea of the song. It was pretty much everything was laid out. And he really helped us just fine-tune it and um, give it an extra touch. Um, you know, we started working with the two Jeffs on music, um, and they also associate with London Bridge Studios, and that's how everything kind of came into fruition. Uh, we went to present some of our music that we, you know, worked with, um, with London Bridge. I think we did, what, four or five songs with London Bridge. Um, and also a song that they picked out that they thought that would be great to fit the 252 program. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it, it is it's a privilege to go work in that studio and work with guys like Jonathan and, and, and both. Jeff, it's been a great experience. Mm-hmm. Frank, uh, Frank, you're kind of breaking up there on on your on your line. It's kind of breaking up, um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a wonderful opportunity. London Bridge Studios, um, those guys have been around. They're members of the Grammy Association. I think Jeff Ott is the president of the Northwest chapter of the Grammys, and they, I mean, they're the real deal. They really know what's what's uh, going on in the music scene and. You know, a lot of the world is looking to Seattle to kind of lead the way. The music's in this kind of a weird state right now, and uh, and a lot of people are are looking to Seattle to kind of you know lead the way on on innovation. So that's that's why this project is is monumental in in my opinion. There's nothing been done like it um, before. And uh, I think a lot of eyes are are going to be on that. Marlon, you want to tell us a little bit about this song? That, that you guys wrote? Um, the Ambition? Yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> the same way we write all our songs, we kind of just get, well, not the same way. We get together, we start, we, once we have the beat, we start just kind of filling it out. We get our topics going. But Ambition is just one of those ones where we just wanted to readdress the drive that we have. I mean, besides the fact that it's in our name, it is something that we actually hold true to ourselves. So we're out there just trying to, you know, whatever we can to get our name out there, whatever little avenue we can get into. But the song Ambition, it's, it's, it's really exposing. Like, it's a real personal song. When you listen to the verses in it, we're pretty much talking about, you know, ourselves, a little bit of our flaws, but at the same time how we turn around from them and, and you know, we just keep on going. Like, and it's a lot of self-acceptance and acceptance of self-flaws at the same time. At least that, that's what I was writing about my verse when you listen to it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just one of those to really just convey that we understand we're human, we understand we're flawed, but that doesn't mean it's going to stop us. Mm-hmm. And then just put some well, heart you... in some magical musical melodies of greatness that I'm a fan of the band, so everyone plays their parts in it, and, you know, it, it's just all good to me. <laughs> Dustin, you're the drummer of the group. Um, drummers usually have a, 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 a reputation amongst all to themselves. 
so you're kind of in the back watching all of this go on and 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 playing the drums and and, and keeping the beat. What are you thinking about when you're watching all those guys up in, up in front of you? Well, I mean, it's it's really with 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 this group, it's it's great because like these guys always have energy. They're always like ready to go, even during practice. It's it's just like we do it on stage, you know. So it's like they they actually give me a lot of the energy when they're when I when I look up and see their energy, I I'm able to to like play a little bit better and and you know put put out that energy that that the crowd's feeling. So I think on the on the musician side, and I know. Um, Kenny and James aren't, aren't on here, but uh, from from our side, <laughs> looking up uh, at the uh, at the hip hop artists, it it makes like a huge difference with that with that energy they put in. And these guys, like like Marlon said, they really believe in what they say. We all like on on the music side, we all believe what in what we play, um, and we mix it well together. So we don't really separate anything. We we work as a as a really well as a unit and and and. You know, when we see that energy, it kind of like all works out in the end. Mm. Well, I, I think it really helps that you guys have been friends for so long and you get along so well, and I'm sure that that translates onto um, onto the stage uh, because you kind of have that that brotherhood going on. Um, hey, Richard, when, when when you guys travel. Did you, do you guys take a van, or, or, or what, what does that look like? Because there's seven of you, plus your equipment and everything else. You have to take two vehicles, or, or how does that how does that work? <laughs> so, well, there is seven of us. Uh, uh, when when it, you know, if we have shows that are like you know nearby, say you know either Oregon or like somewhere in Washington, we usually take you know probably two vehicles and, and things. And and uh, you know, as far as travel is concerned, it, it's it's a to me, I feel like it's it's a very humbling experience to kind of you know watch us go from you know all seven or all six of us to seven of us to in one hotel lodging uh, hotel room, and my boys can uh, my my boys can vouch for that. Uh, going on to you know now that you know that with with the help of the uh, fans and and the support, we're able to kind of be able to go to you know having three you know hotels now and and more a little bit more comfortable as far as traveling and. And um, like I said, um, just to culminate everything, I feel like it's a, a very humbling experience to kind of watch us uh, grow as far as uh, uh, when we get to travel. And traveling kind of reminds us, you know, of where we came from and where we're kind of going, you know. So, mm-hmm. Marlon, do, do do people still recognize you guys from America's Got Talent? Do you guys do you run into people every now and then who go, oh, yeah, you know, I remember you guys? You know, I wouldn't say I get as many people that would recognize us from America Got Talent as much as where it would just be a random show that we did. You know, I, I find just a lot of just different personal interaction from people where they've seen us somewhere down on Fremont or they see us, they just saw something that we posted online. We get, I say we get more recognition off of that or where we're actually right in front of the people versus, mm-hmm. you know, the America Got Talent was something that, you know, it's cool to tell them and it helps them support and they love to support it more so. But most of the time where I feel like we're remembered or when people recognize us, it's usually from those individual shows that we did and, you know, the meet and greets when we just sat on the side and talked to people or we were just hanging out by the cars after the show at the parking lot, just, you know, playing around, having fun. Those are 
the moments that I feel like more people have spread to their friends and that we ended up seeing on the backside of things. Like, okay, those now those are our true supporters. Those are the ones that kind of stop us in the mall. Like, hey, just real quick, I just want to take a quick picture, you know. I'm still just normal modeling in a little bit, so it's, it's like, oh, okay, it's still mind-blowing. It's a, it's a humbling thing, and it's a thing of definite great gratitude, I would say that. You, know, you well, never it, get over it, it getting recognized, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's it, that's that hard work paying off. Frankie, what, what do your fans look like? What, what do Lions Ambition fans, who are they? Oh, you know, I, that's that's I think one of the one of the best things about Lion Ambition fans. We really touch along so many different demographics. I think we're really touched down to a lot of people that we do present a lot of the real life things that happen to people. Um, we speak from a lot of personal experience, but I think these are personal experiences that a lot of people share with us. So they look like the regular person that's been in a, a tough predicament in their life, or they had a, a, a really strong relationship, or they have a big camaraderie with friends. Um, just kind of things that everybody gets into. I mean, we, we, we've kind of steered away from just normal materialistic type of rhymes and songs. You know, everything that we talk about is everything that most people go through. So I think what a fan looks like, I mean, which has been great, we've had fans in high school. We've, done, we've played at prom before, and we've played corporate, and we play at colleges nationally, and we've got to play at, you know, every school just like a hip-hop show or a rock show. So I think... If you were to say what are the one ambition fan looks like, I honestly feel like it can be anybody. I think it's anybody that actually has a passion for music, has a passion for expression, and as far as what they want to get out there, um, yeah, I think that's the best part about it. And I think that what's really great about our band and, this, and, our, and our group is that we're all so diverse. I think it's just the diversity, also our, our background, our nationalities, our origins, and the fact that we all get along based on music, I think that resonates with the type of fans that we have, so... I agree. I I agree. You know, I always say that music is a universal language that every soul speaks, and I think you guys are a very good representation of that, um, bringing different, you know, different ages, different backgrounds, different nationalities, everybody together, and then you become one on the stage. And I just really appreciate you taking the time out. Because uh, I know that you guys are super busy, you have a, a a heavy workload, and you have this new single out that you're out promoting. And I really appreciate you stopping by and sharing it with us. And we're going to play it for the audience. And it's available on iTunes. They can find it on iTunes. They can go to your website. They can go to LondonToneMusic.com, find out more information. And uh, and and I encourage them to go to your website. It, it will be flashing before everybody as as they're. Uh, watching right now, and uh, find out where you're going to be and get out to a show and support live music. There's nothing more important, I think, than supporting live music. And you guys are really awesome, awesome live. And you you can feel that energy when you're right there and everything is electric. And so I I really encourage everybody to get out and support live music and support these guys. They're working really hard, and it's it's, going to pay off. It really is going to pay off for you guys. So I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having us. I mean, thank you. Yeah, it's been so gracious. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, this is 
Well, I'm going to play um, Ambition, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk to um, Kim Verant, who also is a part of the 5252 project. We're going to talk to her for and, and, and listen to her song. Um, so I encourage people to stay with us and while we talk to Kim, but uh, this is Lion's Ambition, their song Ambition, and get to iTunes and support these guys. It only costs, what, $1.29 or something, and, and, and you can make a huge difference in people's lives by, by downloading one song. So we'll be right back and enjoy Ambition. And every day I breathe, I know that it's a blessing. Catch my second wind if it blows in my direction. I'm lost in the music, lost in the clubs, lost to mistakes, to girls with fake love. It pulls on my heart, it pushes on my pride. They say live success, success is alive. And between you and I, I deny all my feelings. Try to touch the sky, but I had to scrape the ceiling. I do this as my business, it's always been a pleasure. I'm in the game, I'm selling, so I never, so never. And when I think of FaceTime, not below my waistline. When I do is waste time, sitting Online, when I should be writing rhymes to inspire lifetimes. Know that in my mind, I don't need a coach sign. Freaking one from stores, more than one from church. My eyes on the prize, and my eyes on skirts. They question what I'm after. Is it a disaster? 27 unemployed, trying to be a rapper. And all the time I fall, I wonder will I listen? Forever I'm aligned, and this is my ambition. Hold on to the dream. Every day it will get better. Fight for what you promised, every word and every letter, and watch it burn When I see myself, and I can't always say I'm the best guy. Sometimes I say there's things I really want, and though I sacrifice, I don't get my best try. I know my role, I wasn't sure if I wanted the part to be Noah or a worker that's building the art. See, I'm a leader, but the only thing I'm leading on is the girl who locked the hall for me, but I pretend to keep the doll. But I'm just busy, so I hope that she understands that she doesn't fold in the end, she has the highest hand. I smoke more and more trying to find the highest plan Begging for blessings with no time for the highest man God, if I fail, may I fail great So if I can't take the king, may I fail, make the work to the bone And I understand I'm gone, it's just I'd rather die alone Before I be considered dead weight And so I really hope you understand And I'm sorry if I'm missing But if my dream's upon a star, I want to do more than wisdom Forever I'm aligned, and this is my ambition Hold on to the dream Every day it will get better Fight for what you promised Every word and every letter And watch it burn bright But the show must go on, I'll flip the world like that. 
All right. Well, we are back. I want to thank Lions Ambition again for coming on. The guys are just really generous with their time, and we certainly, certainly appreciate that. And, again, I cannot stress enough to support these musicians. I mean, they're really working hard to bring you quality stuff. And we are back right now with Kim Varant. And Kim, her song that we're going to talk about that came out with the, on the 5252 project is called Pilot. And it is absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to make you wait till the end to listen to it um, just because it's my show and that's the way I get to do things. But I have been emailing this out to everybody I know because it's, oh, man, talk about depth in music. This is it. And Kim's been around um, the Seattle music scene for a long time. She's watched the changes in music, and and she's had to change with the music, I think, and we're going to talk to her about that. So thanks, Kim, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You started out in the grunge scene, right, in the 90s? Yep, yep, I did indeed with a band called Lazy Susan, although we were not grunge. And uh, and you weren't lazy. No, I was definitely not lazy. Nor were the boys. <laughs> what was Seattle music scene like then? It was it was small and pretty intimate. Everybody knew everybody, for the most part. I mean, you have your different circles, you know, as you do in any kind of social situations. And um, but it was very supportive. And then everything kind of the lid blew off. And it's I always kind of equate it to it's there. Are, are only specific times that that happens. Like you have Minneapolis or you have Athens, Georgia, you know, and Seattle was one of those crazy special times. I mean, I'm so happy to have been a part of it. It it was very cool. Did it make you into more of the musician you are today? Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point when I was starting out, I was definitely an ingenue. I played with guys that had been playing music for a long time, and I started late. I was almost 25 when I started playing music, and there there was a number of girls in the scene, but not nearly the way that it is now. So a lot of times I would be playing with just all guys, and I think that... Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> I'm thinking well, about it. you know, it, it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, you know. It, you, you weren't playing as, as a young child or, or a teenager. I mean, you were 25, and so it probably took a lot of courage. You were a woman in a man's world, and it wasn't a world that you kind of had grown up in, so I think it took a lot of courage to step out and uh, and take it on. And take it on, you did. Oh, oh yeah, and we, uh, we had a great time. We had a really great run of it. We never did get signed, and it's kind of like any relationship. You know, if you want to take it to the next level, it, you need it for things to happen, and they didn't. So that's we had a good run, and we, had, we were very successful in town, and it was super fun. I had a great time in my 20s. Did, you, did your path cross Nirvana's path at all? No, we ran more with the PJ crowd. That was, that's mm-hmm. more our connection. I, didn't, I probably knew folks from that scene, but not nearly as much as, as the PJ Pearl Jam scene. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about the Seattle music scene now? I mean, you, you watch it grow into what it is today, and, and it's really amazing how much music is in Seattle. It really is. I mean, you just have so much coming out of here and so many different you know, types of music, which is amazing. It was such a smaller, like I said, more intimate scene back when it started in the 90s, and even before that, you know, you had in the late 80s and the Gorilla Gardens and all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, there's always been music in Seattle. That's, that's the key. It just seems to get recognized at different times. Like, it'll kind of ebb and flow. So you had 
that whole 90s thing happening in the last few years. You've had amazing artists come, you know, more to national light. So it's, it's mm-hmm. but the bottom line is that people just keep playing and making music, and that's what's important. I think people outside of Seattle are always surprised. It's like when somebody kind of rockets out of Seattle, they're like, oh, well, you know, there's somebody came out of Seattle. But what they don't know is that's going on every night, every day of the month, every day of the year in Seattle all the time. There's fantastic music going on, I mean, all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, anytime you look in the any of the guides, you'll see, you know, bands playing, slogging it out in all kinds of bars on, you know, weekday nights, it's a tough gig. But, you know, you have to mm-hmm. start somewhere and build up from there. Well, now you co-wrote the, the song Pilot that that took off in the 5252 project, and it's it's your latest single, and it's absolutely so well done. And, and again, Ev, and I talked about this a little before, the guys at Lindenburg Studio, they 100% know what they are doing, and they're just masters themselves, and they know talent. So when they're picking these 52, I mean, they are picking people who really could at any second and should be signed by major labels and performing, you know, to audiences all around the world. So how did you get involved with the 5252 project, and how did you, how did that kind of lead into, Pilot was a song that you submitted, right? Yeah, so I'm friends with Jonathan Plum and have been for a number of years, and he did my last record, which took a really long time because I'm kind of a slow writer. And uh, so, you know, and he and his he and his wife, and my husband, who is Chris Friel, who is my drummer, among drumming for other different bands, who's fantastic, we've all kind of ran around together on occasion. And Jonathan said he's putting this thing together, and what I want to do I have a song? And I said, I do have a song that's been kicking around. We've been playing it at shows, and um, I think it's something kind of cool. And so I brought it in, and uh, along with Chris on drums, uh, Jeff Ralph on bass, Gary Westlake on guitar, and then Kathy Moore, who is a fabulous woman, and she's on um, uh, guitar as well as piano. She does a piano bit in that song, on that song, which is so beautiful. And um, we just went in and cut it live, and it, it went together very fast, and it was just. But you know, it was. It felt kind of sparkly. It felt like, ooh, this is this is good. This is really good, which is not always the case. <laughs> mhm. Now it it um, it came together beautifully. How long you said you've been kicking that song around for for a, a, a while? Were you just constantly tweaking it, or is it just something that you were just kind of holding on to personally and waiting for the right time? No, we were um, we were we've been doing it live in shows, and I I wrote co-wrote it with my buddy Brian Cohen, who I've done a lot of co-writing with, and he's just fantastic. He tends to bring me songs that are more upbeat and more um, less depressive lyrics. So then I bring him down to my mid tempo because that's where I like to sing, and then I put in depressing lyrics, and he always shakes his head and wonders what the hell I've done to the song. But um, I think he was really <laughs> pleased with this and. And we had then, within the band, the arrangement had gotten kind of tweaked. And so when we went in, it was it was that piano part. And that's the thing with, with the studio is that you can do something all the time and then you have this moment in time where somebody says, I have this idea, so we'll put it in. And I believe that was Kathy Moore's idea to do the piano that way. And then and probably Jonathan's to kind of make that, that slow down where it's just piano and, and vocals. And it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's 
it, it, it's one of those songs that just really just your soul recognizes it like immediately. There's there's just something about the tempo of it and uh, and and the mood. The, I don't know. And it, but we're going to play it, and then people will be able to understand what we're talking about. But but it's just one of those things that immediately resonates with you. Just captures you right off the bat, and um, and I don't know. It it just sounds familiar, even though you've just heard it for the very first time. Thank you so much. That means that means the world to me. I just you know I do this. I've done this a long time, and some songs are there, and then other songs like this one for me hits the mark, and it just uh, and it also listening back to it it's it's better than you saw it in your head and it's almost it's nothing that you have done to it it's just everyone coming together and everything being right on the money do you know what i mean just like all, mm-hmm. all the all the stars aligned it was like oh okay that works yeah and i'm blessed to have fantastic people around me the people i play with the guys from 5252 you know that whole for them to even give me this opportunity was was awesome Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's magic when that happens, and uh, you, you can't fake it. And and it's, it's one of those things when, like I said, you know, you, you just know it when you hear it. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, but what made it special? You know, no, just like you said, you know, you just everything just kind of falls into place, and and then and then there you have it. And and I think that's exactly what 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 this has done too. So now that it's kind of been tweaked with Jonathan and, and, and those guys have got their hands on it, is, is, is that the way you're going to keep playing it in, in the live? Oh, yeah, definitely. We just had, there's a great club in town called the Triple Door, um, which is uh, one of the fancier clubs in town. And we played there last weekend, weekend before, and it's got a beautiful grand piano on the stage, and it was all dramatic, and Kathy was playing it, and the, you know, the uh, stage is all lit up, and it was it was like, all right, this this works. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> how, how do you like being um, a you know a, a front woman or or more of a, a solo artist now than than back when you were actually together in in the group? You like it oh, better? There, um, well, there are pros and cons. It, within a group situation, everyone has um, an equal stake. So there's you know people are are doing different duties within the band, you know, like getting gigs or, you know, making t-shirts or that kind of stuff. And as a solo, it's all on your shoulders. So if I don't get it together, nothing happens. And, um, you know, and and as you get older, everybody has different commitments and, and responsibilities. And uh, it's kind of like herding cats sometimes. I'm like, okay, I got to get this gig. Can, I, can everybody do it? And, and all the people I play with, they play with in different bands as well. So it's trying to pin everybody down. But that being said, there's it's kind of fun to be able to call all your own shots as well. So it's good and bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably have even more creative freedom, you know, when it's just you don't have to really work it by anybody. You can just go out and, 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 and make it happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that, but that being said, it's like everyone that I play with, they, there's always interesting ways that they look at it or ways they want to do it. I'm, I'm pretty much... As long as you don't play the bad notes, then I don't really care. Just just do your thing and do it well, and we're going to have a great show. <laughs> Pretty lax that way. 
Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, we're not going to make people wait any longer. We're going to play this fantastic song. And again, it's available on iTunes. It's called Pilot by Kim Brandt. And you should buy it immediately. It's only, like I said, it's only like a dollar. At the most, it's like a dollar twenty-nine. And you know, we have that much in our in our little change thing in our in our cars. And the that used to be called like the uh, ashtray, but. And do, 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 do people even use it for that anymore? Probably not. I think it's a, I think it's a, a change. <laughs> not order, anymore. So. No. <laughs> Back in the olden days, when I was just when I was young, <laughs> but um, but it absolutely changes lives when you buy this music and you're supporting art at its at its fundamental finest with with people like Kim who are putting their heart and soul and they put it all up front out on the line so that we can have this opportunity to listen to this fantastic music. Thanks, Kim. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know that you're working really hard, and this is one of my favorites right here, Pilot. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. And this is Kim Barant, and this is Pilot.
All right, that was Pilot by Kim Byrant. And if you're in the Seattle area at all, you're going to want to check out either Lion's Ambition or Kim Byrant because they both put on awesome, awesome shows. Make sure that you're out and you're supporting live music. Every download, every time that you buy a single, it makes a huge, huge difference in the lives of these artists who are just working away every single day. I really appreciate everybody stopping by to listen to us tonight. Um, we're going to have this show, it's, it's going to go to iTunes, it's also going to be available uh, to listen through, to through uh, uh, downloads as well. And again, we just really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much. Well, that's our show. We would like to thank our listeners, our guests, and of course our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free. doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out. Get back with us. Let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out northwestprime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day. Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly. I'm hanging out rocking with Seattle Wave Radio.